call my mom. I said, Mom, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to fucking kill myself. You are now listening to the Why Is It Like That podcast, a mental health podcast where we discuss the crippling effects and stories of PTSD, anxiety, depression, and suicide. The views and opinions of our guests are not our own, but merely their side of the story related to trauma, addiction, and mental health. We are real, raw, and uncut. The stories you hear are not easy to hear. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Trey Trevino, alongside your other host, Heath Garcia. We both suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression, just like you. Together, we have over 30 years' experience in the United States Navy and have seen firsthand effects of mental health on our society and ask the question, why is it like that? We share your stories to provide freedom and comfort to the people of this world, that there is hope, that there is peace, and that we will all be okay. But first, I'd like to start by taking a moment of silence for the ones we've lost to this mind battle, to our military that we have lost, and to the soldiers, sailors, marines, coasties, and airmen that are deployed in harm's way, away from their families, missing their child being born, birthdays, anniversaries, and even deaths of loved ones. Not what y'all been waiting for. The Why Is It Like That podcast. Let's get it. What is going on, guys? It's uh, Trey Trevino. He's Garcia from Why Is It Like That podcast. Today, we got Ian Acker from uh, Fit to Recover. I'm going to let Heath introduce him. Uh, we can go from there. What's up, people? What's up? Hey, it is great to be back on the air talking to you guys again. So... I have a special guest tonight and his and his girlfriend with us to uh to sit here and talk about a story of I guess you could say tribulation but triumph at the end of it. Um my man's name is Ian. He's out of Utah, Salt Lake City right now. He's over uh he has his own nonprofit uh gym called Fit to Recover, um where he's the CEO, correct Ian? That's right. Yeah. So he's the man. He set this program up. And uh, Ian, welcome to the show, brother. It is really good to have you on the air. Absolutely, man. And and yeah, CEO just meaning uh, I just started it, dude. I'm like everybody else. You know what I mean? I get I get caught up in that shit sometimes. So yeah, it's really great to be. It's it's great to hear your voice, Heath. Uh, we shared a lot. And you know, when, when you left, I said if there's anything that I can do, um, I wanted to keep in contact with you. So this is. This is the least that I can do, and I, I'm glad that you sound good. You sound strong, and, and that makes me happy. So, Yes, sir. Same thing with you, man. I really, really am humbled to be able to talk to you again. You do you did a lot for a lot of people. Um, can you can you just brief for the viewers, just tell us exactly what you cover, man? I know that it's just not a gym. You know what I mean? I kind of looked at the website. I got a good feel of everything. And may I say yeah. you've got a good content guy that really can do some good work on the website. Um, but I saw a lot of different things. So I'm going to let you take it from here, man, and kind of walk us through exactly what your program's about. Absolutely. Um, so everything, everything, the two root words that um, best describe my program and our program and Salt Lake City's program is uh, safety and connection. Um if people feel safe and they connect, if they connect, they feel grateful. If they feel grateful, they don't isolate. If they don't isolate, they don't want to die. If they don't want to die, they're of service and their life gets a little bit better. So we run that in four different pillars. Um, one's fitness that you experience. The other is nutrition. The third is creative arts and the fourth is service. Um, so fitness, we run 30, 30 fitness classes a week. 
barbells, kettlebells, body weight. Um, and, uh, we do, we do different trainings, different types, and it's, it's all movements that, um, really focus on connection. So it's, we try and stay away from CrossFit. Um, it's more functional fitness just because our population, if we get hurt, uh, we go to the, the pain clinic, we get dope and then we're shooting dope in, in a matter of minutes. So it's very important that we, we keep everything safe. Um, so we run 30 classes a week. We work with, uh, 13 different treatment centers. So they bring their people to us, um, so they can be introduced to a safe place when they get out. Um, and, and, you know, that's a big chunk of, of what you experienced and, and, um, a lot of people in the Valley experience. The next is nutrition. Um, <clears throat> nutrition has to do with building a relationship with food. So we try and, we try and really embody like, don't eat that. Don't eat this. It, it's not about good or bad. It's about a relationship. So it's sustainable. Um, because a lot of people in our demographic, they want a quick fix and, if we can, if we can teach relationships, um, with food, it, it seems more sustainable. So we do date night, we do cooking, um, we do experiential, we, we do community meal prep every Tuesday where we bring in a bunch of food and everybody is a community cooks and then you get meals to leave with. And, uh, we do how, how nutrition affects the brain and, and all these different things. So that's nutrition. That's the second pillar. The third pillar is, uh, is creative arts and that's for people in our community to find a voice. So we have a full studio upstairs. We bring in instruments. Um, we have open studio time every other Saturday and we do, uh, a writing circle every Wednesday. Um, and we just threw a concert with the FTR music group as the opening act for a headliner that we flew in. So that's been a really neat experience. And then service, um, is just giving back to the community quarterly. Um, through, you know, giving hats to the homeless. Um, you know, it could be as simple as opening the door for somebody, but we do uh, quarterly service events where we try and just give back to the community. And all those things are just distractions for people to connect. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of the four pillar system and, and a little bit of kind of what we do there. And what kind of connections are we talking about here? Are you talking about like, because I know you, your purpose is safety and connection, right? But what kind of connection are you talking about? Lasting friendships or, you know what I mean? Is that what kind of in, you get embodied in people to where it kind of gives them a support group? Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. And, and it's just human connection, you know? I mean, we're so disengaged and we're so isolated. And, and sometimes we think we're the only people um, that are struggling. And, and that gym is just an open book for you to talk about how you're doing and where you're feeling and, or, and how you're feeling. And then and then the, the connection happens when someone else says, I'm struggling too, or I'm doing good too. And then you build those lasting friendships through those four pillars. This is fucking amazing, man. I'm, I'm on your website right now, checking it out. Like while you're talking about it, yeah. on your four pillars, and I'm like on your uh, bulletin board and then yeah. following it. And then just seeing the, the video on top, like seeing everybody yeah. all together, like you're saying, like, just, you don't, I mean, if it, if you don't want to uh, work out or something like that, you got the music which that'd be yeah. more me. Like I'd be up there in the studio vibing with everybody. Like that's, that's what I like to do. Yeah. So I'd be up there. Bro, the, that's f- the music program is fucking fire, bro. Yeah. Like we're on to something bigger than I think we know. That's what it's like. About. 
Yeah, it's it the the music program. I mean, we just I've always liked to rap, and I've always felt that if you can hear yourself behind a microphone, it gives you a lot of power and it gives you a voice. It does um, it does? But we're yeah. So you know that, right? So we're trying to we're trying to scale that so other people get that experience. And when someone gets that experience, when they're feeling broken, um, it just empowers them to to just be so that that's something that's really like kind of i'm putting a lot of eggs in that basket because it's really exciting but that that's going to be something that i don't think a lot of people have seen before so i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you i think that it coming from your your you know your your group and your background it also means a lot more to the community because these guys just like you have went through and been in the gutter you know what i mean and they're right. they're, they're coming up as I like to say, it's gutter talk, man. We, you know, it's built building people up to say, no, nah, you don't need to live like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know what I mean? There's a better way. And I'm proof yeah. of that. You know, I really admire that. Yeah. Well, and, and like when I do my work with, uh, with the vets, man, and, and you included, like there's just something special about you guys. And like, and if I could just talk openly for a second, I don't know how this is going to sound, but um, I really fell in love with, that population. Um, and, and I've never served. Right. But like, and I'm very, it's, it's very like, I have to be very careful to say, like, I don't know what you're going through. Um, but, but like, I know what pain feels like and I know what some of the stuff feels like. Um, and, and like some of the people that I've met through those groups are the most loyal, loving, caring fucking people that I've ever met in my life. So, Big ups to everyone that, that does um, that serve for our country. Veterans Day was just recently, and I, I have a lot of respect for, for you guys, a lot. Well, thanks, brother, thanks, for what bro. you do. But uh, you also yeah. serve, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You serve us. You do. There's, there's still yeah. the people that help us, you know what I'm saying? So it's, right, it's and that's a, how it works, yep. right? I want to, so the writing circle, is that journaling? Or how, so what is that, poetry? It's, yeah, it's more, it's more poetry. I have uh, a volunteer that goes in who uh, is a hip hop artist that, that was kind of birthed through the program that, uh, that kind of teaches people how to write. Um, they'll go, we have a PA system. So we have a bunch of live instruments and then we have an opportunity to just free flow. And I'll see um, that the Saturday freestyle. Yeah. Freestyle, but also, and then we have a music therapist who is uh, licensed that she knows sentence structure and she knows melodies and she that knows hook. Fucking amazing dude. Y'all got a so, lot. Y'all got a damn good thing going on here, dude. I think so, man. I think so. And what it just, types? It, it, oh, sorry. It's Go funny ahead. the pop the population. It it takes people a good seven to eight years to really wrap their head around um, innovation sometimes because we we work with you know treatment is uh, is a way to deal with addiction, but this is something that people kind of haven't really experimented with and in people are sometimes what is this this is not this is not how we do things and and i think yeah. we're starting to convince people that like this is this is a wave and this is something that people can get behind break the mold yeah a little bit so what types of music do you guys do ian is it is it all hip hop is it a mix is it whatever they feel like doing like you know what i mean do you have guys that are rockers yeah. and so we got we got a two saxophone players um we got a keyboard we got a lot of the draw is hip-hop but like it's that's kind of the hip-hop is more kind of for the studio sessions every other saturday 
Okay. The writing circle is just kind of, we'll make whatever music sounds best to the group. Um, so I could be anything from country to jazz to um, just jam band to rock and roll um, to hip hop. And it's yeah. a good, I th- and that's awesome because not a, nobody wants to talk about their story, right? Off top. Right. Nobody wants to right. open up. Nobody wants to like, you know, getting on this podcast and just talking and just spilling our guts about all the fuck ups that we do. And, and I know that for me, like media or music or anything media based is an easy way to let it out. And Absolutely. so doing that, you know, your creative arts, people just writing, or they could be like, I'm going to write a poem and just leave it anonymous. That's a way to get your feelings out there and you don't have to, you know, show everybody who yeah. you are at the beginning. And then I think that really gets people going because they see that and they'll be like, man, who wrote this poem? This, this fire, like who wrote this verse? And it gets yeah. them going like, wow, I got something, not just addiction. So man, dude, yeah. I want to go, I want to go visit y'all's place, dude. I want to go on a field yeah. trip. <laughs> and it's really interesting because music can have the opposite effect on people as well. Mm-hmm. Because we'll have a lot of people that I write music, I rap, I do this X, Y, and Z. And then you get them into a studio and they're like, holy shit. They lock up. They lock up because it's a super vulnerable process. It is. So it's, if you're conditioned to be behind a microphone to spit a 16 or a 32, like it's, it's a beautiful thing. But a lot of people, not a lot of people, but we hide behind sometimes like, I can rap. I can rap. It's like, all right, here's a microphone. Here's four people that are going to listen to you rap. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit. Yep. This ain't, this ain't as easy as I hear on the radio. Cause the radio, I feel like I could do that shit. And then you get put behind this. Like it don't sound like that. <laughs> no, nah, because right? if you're wrapped up in your own room and you're like writing something down and you hear like a beat and it sounds cool to you and you're like, yeah, I know how to rap. I, I can rhyme with a couple bars. Right. But like you said, when there's people, you're like, mm, mm. and then like some days you're not on, you know what I'm saying? Some days you're off. Absolutely. Even doing this podcast, some days we're just fucking off. And then some right. days we're just spitting, like it's just but free if, flowing. But if you, can, if you can bring it back to making someone feel safe, then you can get it out of them, right? Yeah, that's so what if, your pillar is. Yeah, how do you encompass safety in someone so they feel comfortable enough to connect? Exactly. And bleed out their fucking soul behind the mic. Because if we were checking everybody and we were like, yo, this is only for people that can rap. And if you can't spit and, 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 and like pressing people, then no one would come. <laughs> but, yeah, if, but if yeah. it's like, yo, like music is a process. You are a good person. You are loved. We're not putting this on the radio. We don't really give a shit. We care that you're walking through fear. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. So it's just about making someone feel safe. Well, my brother... So let me ask you, now let's get into the, to the real, you know, Ian. So tell me your worst moment, man, and how you came to this triumph. Tell me your, your struggle, brother. Um, a lot of my struggle comes from my childhood. Um, a lot of it comes from like my own mental health in, uh, in sixth grade, I was in special education mm-hmm. and, and that taught me that automatically I was different from my peer group. Um, it also taught me one of the best lessons in my life is how that everybody is the same, right? Absolutely. Um, it taught me how to treat people. Um, but it, it separated me from my peer group and I was always getting in trouble. I was diagnosed early with ADHD and <clears throat> I was seeing a therapist 
um, at 10 years old for a lot of my life. Um, and, and I didn't understand why I was too young to understand why I was having to take these breaks and having to do these things. Um, and in my head in the story that I have is, is that I'm not good enough and I'm not a part of, um, and I'm never going to be anything because I'm broken. Right. Yep. So, you know, that last, I mean, that's still to this day, like I still, I still come back to that a lot, man. That's a lot of insecurities and a lot of fear. Um, but that, you know, that, that sent me off to, to kind of rebel. And, and when I, when I picked up a drink for the first time at 15, 14, um, none of that shit mattered. It literally solved every problem I ever had. Um, and then I found out I could abuse my, uh, ADHD medication. Adderall was a big thing for me. Um, speed calmed me down, allowed me to focus, allowed me to find my pocket in life, um, for a lot of it. And, you know, I, I just started abusing drugs and I, and I really started to drink heavy, um, up to, you know, 20, 24, 25, 26. And, you know, like death has always been something that, um, in my town there was, there was, there was suicide and there was, uh, and I think, you know, there was a lot of, there was, there was death. And the thing that scared me about it was that I could relate to it. Yep. Um, right. And, and like that pain and like, how bad does it have to get? And, and I would just get into that compassionate bag of like, am I going to die? And, 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 you know, all these different things. And when I was 16, um, the, the most pivotal thing in my, in my journey happened. We were going to, uh, we were going to rope swing. I'm from Ohio, right? from Ohio. And, uh, we were going out to, to swing on a rope and, um, and it was me and, and six other people, seven other people. And the gentleman that went with us, rest in peace to, uh, Nick Cruz, um, you know, he, he drowned in front of us and, at that time and at that point in my life, um, I couldn't process what had happened. And, you know, we saw the whole, the, the body being, you know, dragged up and, and just this, this feeling of complete, my body changed something in my body shifted. Right. And, and PTSD trauma, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's why safety is so fucking important to me because I've been scared a lot of my life. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that, that, that happened in, in my life, it, it changed. Um, and drugs and alcohol became my permanent solution. You're numbing. In my, yeah. Yeah. My numbing to, because, you know, I went to grief counseling and, and like, I don't blame myself for it, but, um, it was one of those things that I, I couldn't understand. And like, why would this happen? And like, was I kind, was I nice enough? Did, did I, do I have any regrets? Like, just everything in my heart and my gut and my chest, like what could I have done? And, and, you know, I, I, I didn't blame myself for it. It's just, it was a heavy thing to put on a, a group of 16 year olds. Absolutely. When you see somebody die right in front of your face, I mean, that it, it changes you, man. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it, it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like what, what is going on? Um, so like I said, my body shifted my, my anxiety, I've always been an anxious person, um, but my anxiety just, you know, I, I couldn't, it, it was hard for me to do 
the things I started taking things really personal. I started caring about what other people thought. Um, and, and this internal dialogue just was negative. So I found the drugs, you know, all of them and, uh, caught about, I caught about like 10 cases, like escape, um, theft, public intox, falsification, DUI. Um, and I just kept landing in fucking jail. I mean, I was just one thing to the next. I was just, I was in jail. I mean, one span, I, I got out and the next day I got sent back because I just, I kept fucking, I kept, I was just losing my shit. Um, I can graduated college. That, yeah, it was, it was rough, man. It was rough. And I graduated college and I'm like, all right, if I change my scenery, um, hold up, you know, bro. maybe hold up, hold up, hold up, Ian. So you just said, despite all that bullshit, you graduated college. I did. Motherfucker. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and there's a backstory to that too. Like I was on a bunch of speed. Um, I played soccer in college, so that helped. Mm-hmm. And in my relationship with my parents, they, they always wanted to save me and they never wanted me to fail. Um, so I would like, I would cheat on, on, 80% of the things. And then the 20% that I didn't cheat, I would send to my parents. They would edit my pa- papers and then I'd send them in. So there's a whole nother backstory to like family dynamics and shit like that. Um, that we can talk about another time, but yeah, I, I graduated with a two, eight and I was, or two, four, I was two, four. And, uh, still a graduate. I still a graduate. Yeah. I didn't walk and I just fucking got the fuck out of there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> got the fuck out. <laughs> But yeah, so, so I go and, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to change my whole, my whole scenery and I'm going to move to Hawaii. And those are some of the darkest times of my life. Why um, so, brother? I just took advantage of everyone. Um, I, I was drunk every single day. I'd wake up at 6am and drink. Um, I would paint houses high on speed. Um, and I, I was just, and, and, and then Xanax came in and. And, you know, it just, it, I was going nowhere fast and the drugs and the alcohol were, they were, they were, they were, they weren't working as well as they used to. Yeah. That's, that's chemical dependence. You know what I mean? And and of course the effects kick in and the more you do it, the more you got to keep doing it. And the the more you got to take to get the same and achieve the same effect. I think that's why heroin addicts are always chasing and they're always going after that high, correct? Because the first high is the best. And then after that, they can never get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of that. Um, I called my mom. I said, mom, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Um, because I, I was super dark. I was super dark and, and I don't know if I've ever been suicidal, but I, I've, there are a lot of days where I wake up and I don't really want to exist. Um, and I think, I think those are two different things. Um, Right. Yeah, people like I, to put those together a lot. People are like, "Oh, it's the same thing." I, yeah. I don't mean, interject, but like, whenever you're talking about drinking, that there's the same thing with me. I'd wake up and just start pounding them, like just bottles, man. And I was, it wasn't really like I was trying to commit suicide, but I was just like, I just didn't want to exist, so I would just yeah. drink myself to where I just go back to sleep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, dude, and that's what I do. I drink to go back to sleep, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. And this was this was like you know five years. Fuck, dude, but your yeah, liver was, was wrecked. 
it was everything was fucking i was i was a buck 55 um i'd stay up for four or five days straight because that much amphetamine like i didn't sleep i wouldn't eat um i mean i was dude i was i was bad i was bad and i didn't give a shit about anyone if i may man but i can relate you know, because we're talking about safety and connection, and I feel like a connection with you with the with the methamphetamine and the ADHD. Because mm. as a uh, youngster, I didn't even graduate high school. I actually went to a place called Job Corps in Los Angeles, where I ended up getting a couple certificates and a high school diploma and shit. You know, yeah. But in the meantime, I was running the streets with some gang members, and I was actually selling the shit. And I remember mm. my first time, man. Um, and, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody, you know what I mean? So if I am, tell me to stop. But I remember my first time, I fucking, he showed me how to clean out the fucking, you know, the light bulb, take all the white yeah. shit out of that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I packed this shit. He showed me how to melt it. And I remember the first hit off that fucking thing. And I have felt exactly like you described it. I was totally calm. I didn't it's fucking, fucking glorious. Yeah, dude. Like, I was just like, Wow. Fuck the medication, you know. I have arrived, dude. That is what I felt like. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't want to fucking, you know, keep going because I know that, you know, we're we're all recovering in some way and that shit just fucks with us. But um, I just wanted to yeah. share that moment. No, that's cool, man. I mean, and, and I don't want to trigger anyone else, but like I, I've been sober now for seven years. So like these are conversations that I, I can handle. I like that. Ad lib. <laughs> yeah. um, it's true though, man. Yeah. Seven years—that's pretty awesome, bro. Damn. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot it's been a lot of work, but it's uh, you know it's been great. I, I guess <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been way better. It's been way better than what it was. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in Hawaii and I'm I'm you know I'm fucked off and I I can't stop. I I literally I can't stop. Right, I, and that's addiction. Um, you can't like withdrawals and I literally can't. Man. Yeah, there's nothing that will stop me from drinking or using. Fuck. And uh, I called my mom and I said, Mom, I need help. Um, and she said, I love you. How can we support you? They sent me to Utah. <clears throat> um, and I went to treatment. I went to 81 days of treatment. Was it at, and, was it at the same spot, Salt Lake Behavioral Health? No, no, it was it was called Cirque Lodge. It's down in Sundance. Okay. And, uh, so 81 days, like I thought if I just admitted I had a problem that everything would be fine and I'd be good. And, uh, and then I get out and I'm anxious and I'm depressed. And the first thing I do is I start drinking again. And the, the relief that I got was shorter, but it still worked, um, until it didn't. And then it didn't again. And I couldn't stop Call my mom back. Mom, I can't do this anymore. Sends me back to treatment. I go to treatment, I get out, I start using again. I call my mom, I say, Mom, I can't do this anymore. Um, go to treatment. Then I start fucking with bath salts and Kratom. Oh, um, fuck, man. And I see a whole other side of the fucking world and the devil and all this shit. Um, and I say, Mom, I can't do this anymore. And she sends me back to treatment. And then I get out and I start using drugs again and drinking. And I say, Mom, I can't do this anymore. Big circle. Um, and this this time, this time I get sent to jail again. And the turning point for me, this, this dude, nice Hermes, like bell buckle and, and Tom Ford shades and, you know, everything that I thought I wanted, um, and a nice tailored suit and 
I'm in the drunk tank and I'm coming down and he's like, yo, why the fuck am I in here? Fuck the police, all this. And then I'm like, well, what'd you, what do you, what'd you blow? And he said, 0.24. And I said, well, bro, that's, that's why you're here. And something in me started to realize that like, I have to take responsibility for my actions in my life, my actions in my life. And it was exactly what he was doing. He was blaming other people, just like I was blaming other people my whole entire life for my ADHD, for seeing a therapist, for the death of my friend, for, for picking up that first drink, for not feeling a part of, for not feeling good enough, for feeling anxious. Like I had to start owning that shit or I was just going to kill myself. So that day I got out of jail and <clears throat> I finished my treatment stint and uh, I haven't used since. From, from seeing it from like a, a different perspective, huh? That's what changed everything. Yeah. Finally seeing it from the outside. From the outside. And just the dude, just an arrogant fucking prick that I was, dude. Mm-hmm. It's everyone else's fault, not mine. All the time. All the time. Yep. I'm arrested. It's it's because I have anxiety and my parents didn't raise me right. And it's like, dude, that's such bullshit. It is, man. Like, I got fucked up. I got in the car. And, you know, it, it's like, it's, it's my shit. So that's when it turned. And, you know, in treatment, my mom sent me an article about a, a place in Colorado called Phoenix Multisport that was, uh, they were doing rock climbing and adventure sports and a run group and um, some lifting. And and then I, I interned for them when I got out and I wanted to bring one of their chapters to Salt Lake. And, you know, I brought them, I brought them everything they wanted. And, you know, they said, we can't do that. And I understand why I was only six months sober. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to write a business plan and um, I'm going to get really uncomfortable. And that's when I put, yeah, I mean, and dude, like starting a nonprofit, I didn't even know what a board of directors was. So I put a post out with a, with a boom box and I say, join me in the park. We're going to work out and then talk about recovery. Um, spent $500 and that was the scariest, that was the scariest, uh, $500 I ever spent. Um, we now spend $40,000 a month. Yeah. So it's a huge difference. Yeah. And, and two people showed up and I was like, cool, at least I got to work out. So I did it again next week. Yeah. I did it again next week and four people showed up and then one person showed up and then 40 people showed up and then 20 people showed up then 70 people showed up then 40 people showed up, then 80 people showed up. And I'm like, cool, there's something to this. Yeah. It took off. That is what's up. Yeah. And, And then I started a run group and again, three people, seven people, two people, nine people, four people. 13 people. Um, so then I had two groups going and then it got cold and we said, we need to get a building. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were hesitant about giving us a building, um, because of my story and someone finally took a, a jump on us. And 2015, we opened up in that spot, Heath, that you were at. And let me tell you, describing what you're describing to me now and looking at where I came from just not too long ago with you being able to, to participate and connect with you in that yeah. environment. It was, it was fucking unbelievable, man. I think that that was one of the main things that helped me, you know, square my shit away too. Yeah. Keeps me and, grounded. And that's why I keep doing it, bro. That's why I keep doing it. And that's why all of our staff is, that's, that's what it's all about. I just, I stayed consistent in the beginning. Um, for, I don't know why 
I don't know why I, I was crazy enough to just say, fuck it because I've been fired from every job I've ever had. Right. So, so like that self-worth and that feeling of not being good enough. Um, I thought if like I started my own thing, I wouldn't have to listen to anybody. Um, but boy, was I wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now you got like five people, right? You got like a giant board. <laughs> you got a board, you got, I mean, clients, you got treatment centers, you got, you know, policies and procedures and you got all this shit but Heath it's it's people that I get to connect with like you um that I promise that's that's the reason that I keep doing what I do so and I like I said man there's no words I mean the the attitude that you have about life now and how humble you are explains everything and explains why um because you're touching a demographic that that really felt hopeless, man. I mean, there's, there's some words that popped out to me where you said, you're not good enough. You feel broken. You know, you're not yeah. going to be anything. And you rebelled as a kid. And I think that we can all share the same story, rebellion and rebellion always leads to the same crap, man. It leads us to do the dumbest shit. And then guess what? We're hooked on the dumbest shit we do and we keep doing it. And then we, we lead into other dumb shit. And then now we just feel worthless. Right. Um, and we feel like we don't belong, right? And, yeah. And like if, if, if everyone can drop ego and just come from a place of love and be like, yo, we're all just doing our best because everyone's insecure if they if they can muster up the strength to fucking admit it, right? Mm -hmm. But too much we want to hide behind our tattoos and our and our clothes and our car that that we want to show people that we're not. But if we can break down every individual as human beings that's all we got and each other is literally all that we have. Um, and if we can operate from that space, the world gets a lot better. But if we operate from a place of fear or what is this guy looking at? Or am I stronger than this dude? Or, or am I smarter than this dude? Or do I feel a part of this group? That's when we get in these anxiety stricken places. Right. Which I still go back to a lot, man. I, I do. I, I mean, I, I get scared all the fucking time. Yeah. People, I think people, that don't go through what we go through. They think, oh, they're, you know, you have these good success stories and they're like, oh, well, they're cured. They're good. They're, they're one of us now. They're normal. But it's right. st still a, it's still a fucking battle every day. You know what I'm saying? Every Absolutely. day it's a battle to stay yes. level. I guess you could say yes. stay, stay level. Cause there's, there's stints, right? There's weeks where you're just like, man, I'm not fucking feeling it. Yeah. I'm not fucking then, feeling it. And then the brain catastrophizes and, then you obsess on one thing and that leads to the next. And by the time you know it, you're like, I'm worthless. What's the, what's the point? Yep. It's right? like you're staring, I mean, yeah. like you're staring yourself in the mirror. I didn't, didn't want to get out of bed, dude. <laughs> that's, that's the fucking truth. Mm -hmm. I did not want to get out of bed, but staying in bed is worse than not getting out of bed for me. So, so I forced myself to get up. You know, I, it may sound stupid as hell, but, um, I was watching a video and um, it was from an admiral that I really admire. He's a admiral of special warfare. And, and he said, you know, a speech at a graduation. I'm sure you probably heard the speech before. Yeah, it takes a speech. But, <laughs> but, he, but he talked about getting up and making your bed in the morning. It sounds really stupid. You know, you're like, what, what is this admiral talking about? This guy's got four stars on his shoulder. He's talking about making his bed. But the simple premise of it was was really intriguing. And he said, you know, it's it's the start of your day and it's the first success of your day. And if you can get out of your bed, make your bed, then you can have the worst day of your life. But as but when you come home, it's like you have one thing that you did right. 
You know what I mean? And you can go to sleep and wake up and try it again the next day. You know, bingo. I make my bed. I made my bed every day for seven years. Hell yeah. Every single day. Mm -hmm. So everybody that works with you, um, your staff, you know, um, and I got a privilege of meeting a few of them. Are they all recovering at, I mean, addicts or recovering, you know what I mean? Are they all recoveries? So, uh, 80% are. Okay. The, the other 20% are, uh, they've been affected by it in one way or another. Like vicariously, right? Yeah. Okay. And Marie, the one you might've met, she's, she's just been loyal from the beginning, dude. So I don't know enough about her, mm-hmm. her, but I, like, I, I believe that, I mean, she, she has her own recovery. Right. So yeah, everyone's connected. Yeah. And I, and I see that too. It's like, you guys have a certain dynamic at your gym. I could tell, you know, if you walk into, uh, I've, I've been into a few of them, you know, and you walk in there and the staff's not really like you guys are. You guys, like you said, are really connected. It's like, you're all almost like a family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of atmosphere Ian, is what draws is what people look for because guys and girls, you know, that suffer trauma and PTSD and addiction and things like that, we all have a certain level of loneliness to us because I think that we all feel like no, we, we're not close to anybody. Nobody can relate. Sure. And when you bring that family feel into it, it gives somebody something to fight for. Hmm. I never thought about it like that. Deep, That's cool. Deep. Yeah, it's super deep. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really, uh, that's being really aware. That's, that's cool. And that's what the military is about, man. If you ask any vet out there, you know, about uh, the feel of what he misses, he's going to tell you straight up, he misses the, the people. He misses the camaraderie, the tightness of the of the group that, that he's with or she's with. That, yeah. that, that spirit that's with a group of your guys and you're on a mission and you, you know what I mean? There's, it's just you and you'll do anything for each other. It's like, that's what you're fostering there in your own way. So when you say you've never served in the military, I get it, but you're doing almost the same exact thing in a different way. Yeah. Well, and then ultimately my brain goes to like, then, then what can we do for vets? Right. Like how do we, how do we create that feel for veterans when they come back? Because I've heard, one of my, the, the person that turned me on to a lot of the things that he was struggling with, um, he did two or three tours and it's that whole feeling of like hero to zero and, and like the feeling of like he gets paid cause he was on disability because he got a traumatic brain injury. Right. Um, so, so what they did was they, they gave him a stipend and he couldn't be employed unless he made more than that stipend. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so he has to make like $4,500 at another job. And if he can't make that, then what's the point in getting a job? So then he spends all his time isolated and alone um, because he's not working and he doesn't feel like he has a purpose. Yep. And, and that's when he got super dark and it's like, there has to be more resources and there has to be ways we can build community around and I think you guys do. I just don't know a ton about it, but like just those, those, those places that you guys should be honored and like hugged and like supported when you get fucking back home. And it's kind of funny is, you know, I think that the tide is shifting when it comes to vets and coming back home. I think that in all honesty, 
it's almost like the United States is trying to make up for what they messed up in Vietnam. And to a point it's good, but to be honest with you, I'd rather get the help that I need than to be thanked because there's, there's images, you know what I mean? Ian, I'm sure that you have that you can't escape, you know, no matter how hard you fight it, man, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you've been seven years, like clean, sober, working out, doing good things for humanity. And you still fight with this stuff. Just like you said, you don't even want to get up out of your bed sometimes. I mean, it, it, it still chips at your character, you know? Right. Yeah. So do you ever feel, cause I've always wondered, cause when I teach groups, like, is it appropriate to thank people for their service? Uh, in all honesty, that's a, I, I say de- it's fine. It depends on the individual. Yeah, man. Just go for it. Fuck it. And yeah. yeah. And, and, and I see how you are about it. I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's legitimately heartfelt from you. Some people yeah. just do it because they feel like they have to. And that's the kind of people that we could see through it. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? You, you can tell. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I always, I always, I always have a bunch of questions because you know, it was veterans day on, uh, it was Monday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I got everyone, I got everyone roses and flowers and I tried to just, you know, just tell people that I, I really appreciate everything, but I, I just don't want to come off as um, like disingenuine and, and kind of like shut the fuck up in. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, people can tell, we can tell who's just, All right. Eh, whatever. But then there's also those fucking vets and dudes that are like, thank me for my service. Right. <laughs> fucking right. I serve. You better thank me and love me. Like, shut the fuck up, man. You know the best, you know the best Bible verse that sticks in my head when when you when you guys talk about that is it says don't cast your pearls to swine in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And that pretty much means, you know, like you know who you need to give to and who you don't, you know, save, sure. say what you need to give for the people that need it. And I don't need to tell you that, bro, because you're doing everything that, I mean, you're a great human being and I really appreciate what you're doing for us, man, especially the vets out there at the strong hope program. And, uh, I know you have a lot of sponsors. I know you deal with a lot of things. Um, so additionally with your programs and stuff and these connections, do you, help other people fight off their, you know what I mean? Urges. Cause I'm sure that there's still people there that are, are I mean, how early do they get to you? Like right when they're starting to withdraw and stuff to, you know what I mean? Or how does this work? So usually it's, it's word of mouth and, and a lot of the treatment centers, like it, it's used for when they get out of treatment, but we have people that, you know, come off the street and like my, my whole thing with people that are like detoxing is like burpees probably aren't going to sober you up. Right. Like, and that's just the truth, right? Usually you need a higher level of care. So once they get detox, once they get their head on straight, um, then that's when, you know, we can, we'll open up a place to anyone as long as you're 24 hours sober. But um, in the beginning stages, it's, it's like, maybe you should go to the University of Utah or, you know, go see your therapist or whatever the case may be, because um, day one, day two, or still stuck in it, like fitness and nutrition and creative arts, I don't think are going to break you out of that cycle. Hell no. <laughs> Just spit a 16, dude. You'll be good. Just, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, your brain can't even fucking function at that time when you're going through all those withdrawals and shit. You can barely even yeah. talk because you're fucking shaking and you're stuttering and shit. Right. Oh. Hey, bro, you want to work out? Yeah. Yeah, fuck off, man. Because <laughs> it's happened, dude. It's happened and people are like, dude, don't even. I'm not. No. The answer is no. So, you know, because we have people early in treatment um, and they're still kicking dope and like then my job is just to be like, yo, when you feel better, um, we're going to get you in a workout. But right now, just chill. Now, you know, when we left your gym, a lot of the time we went down. I don't, And I don't even remember the roads, man. It was like a little convoy. You know what I mean? When we went back to the to the behavioral health center. But I remember going around this one block and I always see these. I mean, legit, man. I don't know if you guys are like in the middle of the hood of Salt Lake City or what. But there's like. Addicts everywhere. Yeah. And well, Salt Lake's interesting, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, well, it's the whole subculture of, because uh, you have you have a strong religious, and, and I didn't know any of this when I got here, but you have the Mormons, right? Right. Um, and they're not allowed to drink. So this sets some people up to either rebel or, you know, start drinking really late. Hmm. That, yeah, I could see that. And it, it also shuns them because now they're not accepted by their own faith group because they're doing the wrong thing. Exactly. That's crazy. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a really interesting, uh, it's an interesting dynamic to, to kind of witness, not from being in Utah, from being Ohio my whole life. Damn. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So how did you meet? Your girlfriend, I mean, you know what I mean? You, you've been successful. Did you meet her through your gym or, you know what I mean? How, how long you guys been together? Like, what's, yeah. what's Ian about? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, dude, I'm a pretty simple man. I, I like to keep things super simple. I uh, I met, I was in a five-year relationship um, before this. And, you know, it was, and the cool thing is that uh, Christy and Lacey, they still, they're friends. And, and like, now that I'm not using drugs and alcohol, I can, I can leave relationships healthy and I can still have friends, um, of people that meant a lot to me in my life. So I met Christy about a year and a half ago and I wanted her to start helping me design t-shirts for FTR. Um, and I don't know if that's really what I wanted. I, I think I just wanted to, uh, I, I was interested in her for, for a little while and, and we, we, we did these, yeah. We did the t-shirt designs, um, and I don't think we had any plans for printing t-shirts, so we uh, we went to coffee, and, you know, we uh, we really enjoyed each other's company. So we've been together now for a year and, and three months, and, you know, she's organizationally, like, um, the side of my brain that I've always needed, that I've always lacked, and uh, she calms me down, and... She supports me where I'm at, and I, I try to do the same for her. Uh, we got three dogs in the crib, so we What's got the names, our, man? Sage, Boba, and Roxy. <laughs> cool. Do and, they bring you peace, dude? I'm the type of dude now that I, I show people my my Instagram just so they see my dogs. <laughs> Shoot, like, speaking of Instagram, guy. bro, I can't even get you as a friend on Facebook, Instagram. You're like maxed out. What does that mean? Like, you can't, like, legit, bro. Like, nobody can be your friend anymore because you maxed out friends. How the fuck you do that? Yeah, that's fucked up, bro. I know, right? 
But yeah, so we says the follow we got button. Three, we got three dogs, and uh, like today, you know, like I mean, I, I we really try and keep things pretty simple. Um, I go to the gym. I try and help somebody. Um, I went to an AA meeting today. We went bowling tonight. Um, and ultimately, you know, I I think growing FTR is is going to be something that is uh, I want to start working with the youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to grow that creative arts pillar and, and the fitness pillar and maybe scale it and see what happens if we try and replicate it and bring it to other states. Um, Shit, I am down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's do yeah. it. <laughs> and then, you know, I got two beautiful sisters. One lives here. Um, I take a pottery class with her every Tuesday. Oh, hey, I play soccer. What's up? I play soccer uh, once a week, twice a week. Trey thinks he's good? good at soccer. No, no, no. My yeah. son, my son's good at soccer. I mean, yeah. I don't know a damn thing about soccer. We went to the MLS huh. Cup this past Sunday here in Seattle. Who who was playing? It was uh, Seattle versus um, Toronto. Who won? Seattle. Ain't no Canadian that, that play soccer again. Come on, man. Was that the final? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the cup, so it was badass. That I was able to take my son there, saw the whole thing. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty yeah. dope. Nice. So yeah, I mean, it's it's just a simple living, dude. I don't need anything like really extravagant. Like I want a Ferrari, but like if I had a Ferrari, I'd park it in the garage just to know that I had a Ferrari. I wouldn't show it to people. Right? <laughs> like, I, I like I want like they say a lot of people like these star signs. I'm a Gemini, so I have two kind of different like. Oh, the fight each other. Yeah. Like I I want I want like cool shit, but like also like what's most important to me is is like having good relationships. Good. Uh you know, and then just just growing from a business place, like I've been taking a lot of development on, which is interesting, and, and just trying to challenge myself through um the structure that we've built down there. So you know, but it's funny because I still don't, you know, I still don't feel good enough. And, and like, that's ultimately, I think, I think the next chapter of Ian, if I really want to like grow as a human is, is, is a lot of internal work. Right. Yeah, man. We, I think we, we always have to do internal work. It's never going to stop brother. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're the right person though. You're, you're a good person, man. Thanks dude. So are you. Hold on, hold on. Where's there's a button for that one? Hold what on. Are you trying to play? I don't know, bro. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, that's no, that's stupid, no, right? No. All right, whatever. And then we watch we we watch a bunch of shitty television too, dude. Like I'm watching MTV Road Rules Challenge right now, <laughs> and it's like the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> I like that sh- that show called Impractical Jokers. That's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, just mindless television. Fuck yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey man, so. I hear you talking about all this stuff about how you can flow. I think Trey's ready to Trey's ready to scrap with you. What are you talking? You're, hyping, ready to scrap. you're hyping this shit up. I am you? hyping it up because you were talking shit. You're like, oh, man, I got this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, me, I'm just trying to find some beats. Let me see. He's gonna look for some beats real quick. Oh man. No, I don't want. I'm gonna to have to send you a few uh, stickers, but I'm gonna have to hit you up later and get your address and stuff so you can. Um, bring it out that way. You know what I mean? Because just like you, you know, we, we were sitting there and, and I, I was starting to blog up, you know what I mean? Cause I was like, man, they taught us how to journal and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I'm going to get some of this shit out. You know, I started blogging. It's and, so good, dude. dude. It's so good. <laughs> Trey's Trey's fucking, he's a, a, a whiz at all this technical shit. So, you know, I'm sitting there blogging and one day he hits me up. He's like, Hey man, 
you want to try to podcast? I'm like, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. And that's, that's what incredible. we're doing. Man. Yeah. And, and I love it. I love it. I got a lot of respect for both you guys, man. I really do. I think it's great. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Appreciate it. And now, now that now the trick is to never stop. Yeah, that's the hard one. That, and that, that, that and that's is the hard, hard one. Part. Staying consistent. Exactly. Man, editing your. Ass. <laughs> I'm looking at him like all funny, like yeah, consistent, because <laughs> this motherfucker's voice to edit. Yeah, he'd be talking to the mic, and then I had to get him a condenser mic so he could fucking. Because I have a habit of moving my hands every when I talk, so my mouth yeah. goes like fucking everywhere, and he's like, "Dude, stay still." I'm like, "Fuck." How do you guys chop it up? What program do you use? Um, I'm using, uh, it's a podcast-based program right now. It's called Hindenburg Pro. But once I do that, then I put it into Ableton Live, and I'll put some little things on there, and then I get it back into the podcasting thing because it has real good presets already where I can eliminate background noise because it's all about spoken word type shit. There's no music really to mix in, you know what I'm saying? So I just get the EQs and I'll boost the lows and the highs just a little bit and sweep for the mids and bring them down. And that's it. Have you ever listened to the Joe Budden podcast? Uh, No. Check it out, dude. It's all about hip hop. It's brilliant. We'll check that out. Let me see. How do you spell it, bro? Joe Budden, man. Joe Budden. Got it. Okay. I thought you said Biden. I was like, I don't listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. I got a a sad beat for you right here if you want to. Yeah, you're gonna, gonna have be to hard let them. It's gonna be. It is gonna be hard because it's gonna be a fucking uh, what's it called? Lagging. Audio jungle. I don't know. I gotta run through. I didn't even preset any beats. It was just like. Well, this one has a hook. Audio jungle. I don't like that one. You turn it up or not? Yeah. This is from Nick. Machete beats on Beat Stars called Demons in My Head. Man, that sounds deep already without even any words. Yeah, it does, huh? Mm-hmm. Can you hear it good? Yeah. Take a moment for the instrumental, the voice, the song, and the beautiful sample. See my good girl, I be spitting stars. You can see constellation in foreign cars. I open up my wounds and replace them with scars. Cause it was a scary picture. The scripture used to tell me I was stuck. Now I'm up in quicksand on my knees, bleeding in the tuck. But shorty's still banging with luck. And God I trust. Take a moment for the instrumental, the voice, the song, and the beautiful sample. Cause that's all we are, fox and sheep first. So I'm right to endure the beautiful future. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that was off the cuff, too. He didn't even have yeah. to. He didn't even warm up. That sounds dope. You want me to try to spill one? Go ahead. Come on. Try this shit. You said you got this shit. Get it, Trey. Man, I got demons on my head, man. I'm thinking about the lead. About to bust it. Well, I trusted, man. This shit's off the head, off the dome. Used to ride with the chrome, not giving a damn, man. I'm feeling alone. I got the bottle in my hand and I'm pouring it up. Not really giving a fuck, I man. I'm drunk as fuck. Hold up, man. I'm back up on the beat, cousin. People like us, man. We used to be out there rushing. Now I'm humble as fuck, man. I've been podcasting much, editing a lot. Cause motherfucking, yeah, he can't do it. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
shit. That was dope. Beat on that one, All right. That's enough. Hell yeah. That was the old me. Oh, man. That's it. That was That's good. It. That's Pat. That's Pat. <laughs> that was good, man. Shit. Hopefully, we don't get fucking uh Come on, bro. You got like a couple more minutes. Get one more beat in. One more beat. Come on. That shit was dope. Let me see. I like that shit. We're gonna get copyrighted infringement on I, all these motherfuckers. Hey, bro, I can't fucking rap, so I'm just I'm just here enjoying this shit. This dude is a Californian that looks like a Texan. I'm a I don't f- understand <laughs> it. Like I'm a Texan, and when I first met him, I'm like, "Hey, you're from Texas, right, bro?" He's like, "What? I'm from California." I'm like, "Oh, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Just, never mind." <laughs> oh shit! Because there's like California Mexicans, and then there's Texas Mexicans. Like it's different, huh? we're very different. They, they are. Yeah. I'd rather vibe with any other Texan, but it is what it is. Let's see, this sad guitar. I like sad. Needs to go to Louisiana. I brought from the <laughs> coast, man. We're right next to Louisiana. Crawfish uh-huh. bowls, come out. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're different. We're a country. We're like country Mexicans. So we're different. Talking with you is dope. Thank you. Probably one of the best interviews we've had. Fuck yeah. So if you would like to if you'd like to get a hold of uh Ian Acker's place Fit to Recover, you go to fit to recover.org. That is fit the number two recover.org. Has a ton of information on there. Um if you're in, in that area, it's uh where's Salt Lake Salt Lake City, Utah. Lake if you're City, in that Utah. area, man, and you have issues. Or if you just want to check it out. Yeah, right? whatever. I don't care what it is. Come see that man. He will take care of you. He's a good person. Humble. He's human. And like he said, man, he knows how to connect. And he brings people together. And that's what it's about. We need to come together. Addicts, people that suffer from mental illness, it don't matter. That's exactly what we need as human beings is to connect. He's got the right principles. and Like he's got the right pillars. Dude's hitting it live. He's got music programs. He's got all kinds of stuff up there. God bless him. Is amazing. His program's amazing. I can't wait for him to to spread out. I hope I hope this shit comes down this way. Cause we need it. For real. Washington State needs something like this. It's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's probably one of the best interviews we've had in a while. So hope y'all like it and uh peace.